Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Boys America listeners, welcome to my 446th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Red Sox finally getting back on track with a weekend sweep of the Baltimore Orioles at Fenway Park here in Boston. And it was highlighted by Chris Sale returning after two years with uh, Tommy John surgery and looking terrific. So I think uh, I'd say the Red Sox are not as good as the first half of the season when they were basically the best story in baseball, but they're not as bad as the woeful performance since doing nothing, uh, next to nothing, I should say, at the trade deadline. They did bring in Kyle Schwarber, but everybody up here in Boston certainly wanted more, uh, to put it mildly. So, the Red Sox, again, uh, no cure like having the Baltimore Orioles come into town uh, for the weekend and finally let the Red Sox just sort of get their footing, get back on track, get Chris Sale back on the mound, and uh, it couldn't have worked out better for the Red Sox to uh, halt their just woeful performance uh, since the trade line, the all-star game, all that. So uh, so now it's going to be a sprint to the finish, and it gets underway in earnest tomorrow with that double, day-night doubleheader down in New York against the Yankees. And that should just be uh, great theater. The Yankee, you know, the Red Sox swoon has allowed the Yankees, who have played well, to get back into it. And... It's been uh, been setting up now for uh, the usual Yankees Red Sox uh, late August stretch run and meaningful games. So it should be a lot of fun starting tomorrow. And uh, speaking of the Yankees, they were in the Field of Dreams game last week from Dyersville, Iowa. Kevin Costner was there. It was great, and the entire presentation was great. I think it was the most watched regular season baseball game in uh, certainly more than a decade, maybe even closer to 15 years, and just great theater. Fox Sports handled the telecast beautifully. Uh, Kevin Costner come out of the corn 
which is a great moment, but it was really followed by an even greater moment, which was as the players emerged. Uh, Aaron Judge, I think, was the first one to come out, and the players emerged from the corn, and it was literally looked like it was the movie itself. Uh, coming out of the corn, Ray Liotta, Shoeless Joe Jackson, uh, back in the movie, and this time it was the Yankees and the White Sox, and it was just awe-inspiring. Kevin Costner hit all the right notes, used the famous line, of course, uh, is this heaven? And uh, just a wonderful production. The old-time uniforms really helped. 8,000 people in the stands, and just a wonderful night for baseball, and hopefully it becomes an annual thing, because they just nailed it uh, on this one. So, uh, baseball entering again the stretch run, fun time of year, and been a great year so far, and, and sure to even get better here in the uh, coming weeks leading to the end of September, early October, when we'll see who's in the postseason. And another highlight of the week that just has to be mentioned is, of course, Mac Jones uh, playing in his first preseason game for the Patriots, and he looked great. Standing ovation at Gillette Stadium, 20 minutes from where I'm standing right now. And he basically, you can just tell, you know, pretty quickly, I've said this for years on this show, you can tell in uh, in a couple of series if a guy has what it takes, and he certainly looked like he did. It was highlighted, of course, by his 8-for-9 performance, two-minute drill to start the second half. And it looked like the offense of the Patriots we've gotten to know over the past 20 years. And uh, it, it just couldn't help but remind you of Tom Brady. I'm not saying Mac Jones is Tom Brady by any means. I'm just saying he has a similar game that fits in perfectly with the Patriots offense that has been so successful due to Brady. Uh, so we'll see where it all sits. Cam Newton looked okay as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. It seems like it's a lock that Cam Newton is going to be the starting quarterback, according to Belichick, and that's just all there is to it. Uh, but Mac Jones uh, looks like he could be the answer uh, based on one preseason game. So a long way to go. And their Patriots are practicing with the Eagles, joint practice down in Philly this week leading up to Thursday night's preseason game between the Eagles and the Patriots. So should be a fun week to watch down there. My bizarre story of the week is the wild six-man playoff at Wyndham Championship in Greensboro, North Carolina, last evening, Sunday evening, and it actually could have been seven if Russell Henley didn't miss a gimme on the 72nd hole after basically leading the tournament wire to wire. So sad, bad ending for him, but for the other six, it was just uh, they were all playing in one group. So just seeing, you know, six people tee off, six people on the green, six people with their second shots. It was just great. Uh, great theater, great crowd, and uh, it was a riveting sudden death. With There was not only the uh, Miss Gimme with Russell Henley on the 72nd hole, but the very next hole, the first playoff hole, uh, Adam Scott, cool as they come, just shockingly missing a four-footer on the first playoff hole that would have won on the tournament. I mean, this was like, you know, I had my hand on the remote to basically switch the channel because it was just a slam dunk that he was going to make it 
and win the tournament, and he didn't, and he missed it badly. It was just kind of crazy, actually. Uh, that led to the second playoff hole where, once again, we got, you know, six tee shots, six second shots, six uh, six players, uh, you know, putting or, or hitting from around the green, and a lot of them really come up big uh, with their second shots. Kevin Na, for instance. Uh, so that was fun to watch. And then Kevin Kuzner put it away on the second playoff hole by basically uh, doing exactly what uh, Adam Scott had done on the first playoff hole, except this time he drained the putt to win his first ever uh, playoff, sudden death. Uh, as a PGA member, he's had some disappointing losses in the past. And so it was really uh, just really fun to watch. Uh, luckily, I DVR'd it. And so it was waiting for me when I got home from a beautiful afternoon up here in Boston. Uh, terrific weather. And it was just, again, just terrific, terrific theater. How often do you see, you know, six, uh, six golfers, a, a sixum, as it were, uh, playing for all the marbles? It was just, uh, you know, match play, basically, as Jim Nance and Nick Faldo uh perfectly described it and they were great uh managing the six players and just really uh you know it, it just has been a great pga season for this type of thing with uh you know the travelers championship uh a few weeks back going you know a ridiculous number of extra holes maybe it was seven or so extra holes sudden death holes so we've just seen some terrific uh, sudden death tournaments uh, occurring on Sunday evening, which is why I always DVR uh, the weekly golf tournament on Sunday. And I leave plenty of room uh, to tape till 7, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and it's been delivering all summer long, but really never more so than last night as far as number of players, but again, the Travelers with all those extra holes was also equally uh, riveting, to say the least. And my low light of the week, low light of the week is Lionel Messi officially leaving Barcelona to go to Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, I had the pleasure of being in Barcelona uh, about two years ago, and toured Camp New Stadium, legendary venue, and uh, to say he was the king of the town, Messi, would be an understatement. Uh, it was all about Messi when I was there. It was a non-game day, but toured the stadium and went to all the uh, various shops, and everybody's wearing his jersey, needless to say. So it just felt sad, but... I guess if Tom Lee Brady can leave the Patriots, then Lionel Messi can leave Barcelona. Uh, so he got a the reception of a visiting head of state arriving in Paris. And they already have a couple of superstars there, Neymar being one. And uh, they're now the favorite to win their first, I believe, 
uh, European Football Championship. That is the goal for them. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show and our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, Veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well joins us. And AP, how you doing today? Hey, thank you, John, for having me on the show. I'm doing very well. Well, thank you for calling in, as always. And we have a bit of breaking news to start our 
uh, show, which is always fun. Uh, news that you'll love if you haven't heard it already, although it just came out a few minutes ago, I believe. Uh, AP, Associated Press, has released their preseason pool. And guess what? Alabama's number one, <laughs> as they were in the coaches' <laughs> poll released last week. I'm guessing you're kind of used to that. Yeah, I think so. It's it's uh, been pretty consistent with Nick Saban. Number one in recruiting, number one at the poll, number one at the end. That's been a go. popular position for them. Perfectly said, AP. Uh, with Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide, they're a wagon of the highest order. You know, they lose a terrific quarterback like Mac Jones and have a new quarterback, highly touted, obviously, Bryce Young, I believe, and He's, uh, yeah, I mean, they just don't miss a beat. And obviously, the outside view looking in is that exactly that. They don't miss a beat. And uh, so here we go again. And I know that uh, Bryce Young is highly touted. And we're already hearing Saban mentioned a few weeks back about his potential. Can't believe I'm saying this for the first time ever. His potential earning power. <laughs> as the Alabama quarterback. <laughs> and, uh, and there we go. So, uh, yeah. So it it's just going to be, I'm sure the excitement level is already building, right? I mean, I know down there it's a obviously a year-round sport, to put it mildly. And I'm sure, yeah. but now it's really drawing near AP. We are three less than three weeks now from the opener, which is a good one against Miami at uh, neutral site. Yeah, Atlanta's the uh, kickoff classic in Atlanta, and they're going to be playing Miami. And, John, I'm trying to think of the last time that Alabama played Miami regular season. I I think it's probably back to somewhere like 1979. I think Jim Kelly was a young quarterback, and Howard Schnellenberger, he might have taken over the position at that time, or maybe it was right before he, he arrived, and that game was in Tuscaloosa. And I think that game might have been televised possibly but that's been a while i don't i don't think they've played miami during the regular season since that time wow that's amazing and that really hits home with me ap because i remember exactly where i was which was i went to a boston college game not for that game but that season i went to a boston college game and went to an establishment uh, right down the street in what's known as cleveland circle for all you Bostonians listening out there, you'll, you'll know it. And uh, and there I watched Jim Kelly lead, again, an upstart Miami team at best in those days uh, under Howard Schnellenberger, 1979. Uh, and he beat Penn State. And that was a big deal right. because, you okay. know, he, he, he grew up an hour or so away from state college and wanted to go to Penn state. It was the, the only school he was even looking at. And Joe Paterno right. wanted to make him a linebacker and he said no. <laughs> right. And off he went to Miami and you know, a year or two later he's beaten Penn state on national TV and AP that really is in my mind has always been the start of the Miami dynasty right then and there that game. And, uh, and so uh, they played Alabama that same year we're, we're, we're thinking, yeah, I'm thinking that happened. Um, I'm trying to, to look at it as we speak, but that's what I recall, uh, John, uh, 1979. I'm looking. They played They played quite a few times, um, I think, during the 70s, actually. Yeah, they played 
you know, they played, and I'm looking at that last year. Yeah, 79, Bryant Stadium, and that score, John, what do you think that score was that year? It was November 17th, quite uh, into the season, you know, getting probably the eighth or ninth game, whatever. What do you think the score was, 1979? Ah, I'm going to guess Miami played a representative game, but, of course, Alabama, I believe, won the national championship that year. That was the they stopping they Penn did. State's Mike Gooman at the goal line game, if I remember correctly. Oh, oh uh, yeah, that, no, that was the year before. The, the, the 79 team, Alabama, actually went undefeated, John. They beat Arkansas in the Sugar Bowl. But uh, anyway, okay. go ahead. What's, uh, your but prediction? What's, your, what's your projection? 31-24, Alabama. You know what? The score was 30 to zip. Alabama. 30, Alabama, 30 nothing. Alabama wow. in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Yeah. Wow. And that was, again, that was yeah. the beginning of the Miami dynasty, in my estimation, at least. Right, right. And, and John, the interesting thing about it is they did not play until 10 years, 11 years later in the, in the Sugar Bowl, and, and Miami won the title that year, the 90, it was the 90 Sugar Bowl, so the 89, Miami team, 33 to 25, they defeated Alabama, and then, then they played um, three years later in the Sugar Bowl, and that's when Alabama uh, beat them 34 to 13, and they have not played since then, John. Have not played since 1993. That's pretty amazing, actually. I mean, they're two, you know, powerhouses, yeah. Yeah. Alabama especially, but Miami's, you know, their teams of the 90s were spectacular. Uh, like them yeah. or not, um, they <clears throat> were. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and, and John, and John, what I was going to, other thing I was going to mention to you about this series is c- quite interesting, and I just, it reminded me when I looked it up, 1968, it was a nationally televised game, as I recall, November 16th, 1968. And during the middle of that game, John, it was played in Miami. Miami had the store, Ted Hendricks, and Scott Hunter was the quarterback from Alabama. And Alabama won the game. They were, they were ranked number 16th, Alabama was. And they, they beat Miami down there 14-6, to tight ball game. But during the game, John, they interviewed... President-elect Nixon, and they also oh, interviewed wow. Miss oh. Alabama. Yeah, and, right. And they also interviewed Miss Alabama, Miss USA, Miss Universe, Sylvia Hitchcock, and they turned that game. Wow. I remember that. Incredible, incredible. Um, those are great years yeah. for Alabama under Coach Bryant, yeah. obviously, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's time that they played, period. Alabama and Miami. I mean, it's, you know, blue blood programs both, to put it mildly. And, uh, right. So, yeah. So, AP, I I just called up, I had to Google the the Miami Penn State to ensure I was right that it was 1979. Get this, you're going to like this. It was Jim okay. Kelly's first college start for the Hurricanes versus Penn State in oh 1979. How's that for? How's that? Phenomenal. What month was that, John? What What month was that, John? Um, the, the uh, date? Let me. Um, just kind of seeing this, uh, and it was in Happy Valley I, on November third, nineteen seventy nine. Wow. November third. Okay, then. Then two weeks later, they played Alabama down there. Amazing. They beat Penn State. They were, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That is. Um, Yeah. 
Gee whiz, it's uh, it's incredible to think back to that. But I, I, yeah, I didn't realize it was uh, into November for that game. I felt like it was a little earlier, but I did, and I did not know off the top of my head that it was Jim Kelly's first ever start for Miami. But I did, I did nail it, and that was his uh, announcement to football fans in America: "I'm here, and Miami's back." So, boy, the fact it happened right. in Happy Valley and it was his first start makes it uh, even more amazing given his Pennsylvania roots. So, yes, pretty cool. Yes, I, yeah, I, I, oh, yes. I, I remember seeing the highlights, John. I remember yes. seeing the highlights for that game because he had a distinctive throwing motion and his name was Kelly and he was from Pennsylvania. Yep. And they mentioned that during the highlights. And, he, and I'm thinking – I can't remember the receiver he hit for maybe a one or two long touchdowns. I forgot. Joe, I forgot the name. Um, I forgot. I totally forgot. But I do remember seeing the highlights of that game. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I remember it was perfectly. Um, Jim Kelly grew up about a half an hour away from me. I was certainly, uh, you know, very familiar with him and uh you know in his high school career and so yeah no it's a it's a legendary story back in pennsylvania not a good one uh and you, you know right. to offer any player to become a linebacker at linebacker you is not an insult by any means no. <laughs> it's almost no. a compliment but jim, no. jim kelly knew what he wanted and that was to be a quarterback period and right. he certainly made right. the right choice, as he is uh, in the Hall of Fame, needless to say. And good stuff. Uh, and speaking of interesting stuff, AP, uh, well, let's get just, I'll get to that later, which is the reports on Big Ten, ACC, and Pac 12 forming, talking about forming yeah. an alliance. But let's get back to the AP preseason poll, the breaking news. And AP, mm-hmm. uh, I'll give the other. Teams in top five, number two, Oklahoma, three, Clemson, four, Ohio State, five, Georgia. Looks pretty familiar, doesn't it, AP? <laughs> yes, it Starting does. to feel like a closed club. Yeah, it really does. It seems like a closed society, a fraternity, if you will. Yeah, those teams. And we, know, we noticed that A&M is rated highly this year, number six. And right. uh, I, that Iowa, that Iowa State—that's the team that people mention quite often. And and John, who would yes. think Cincinnati would be a Cincinnati? Brian Kelly's old team, prior team, would be ranked ahead of Notre Dame at number nine. Amazing, it truly is. Um, by the way, I have the name of the guy that I think you were talking about catching Jim Kelly's passes that day. Uh, Jim Joyner, ring a bell. Jim Joyner. Okay, yeah, Jim Joyner. That rings a bell. Okay, Jim Joyner. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, well. I think you said his name was Jim, and that's who I'm seeing as uh, catching touchdown that day. Um, okay. okay. But anyway, back to the preseason poll. Yeah, AP. I mean, it's like there's five teams there, and I it, it's starting to feel in recent years a little bit like, okay, which, which one's not going to make it of those five? Because it's those five now. Just year in, year out, it seems. Um, But that's the world we live in. Um, 
And that's why, you know, me personally, I'd like to see an expansion of the uh, college football playoff to allow other teams to get in there and, you know, have hope, have a shot. You know, Cincinnati's of the world, teams like that. I think it would make, I think it would be good for college football. I really do. Probably so. I I think for the overall sport, yes. For me personally, I'm I'm probably someone who likes the four, possibly six. That's, that would be my limit, possibly six for me personally. But for the to have all the other teams included, I and John, you've got to think that the way it was constituted last year, if there was twelve teams, if there, if well, maybe who was in that twelve? Was it Coastal Carolina, possibly? Absolutely, I mean, imagine if they beat somebody. I saw them in the, yeah, I saw them ranked in the coaches' poll. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. AP. They're they're yeah, you know. They're, they're right yeah, there with Penn State, were, uh, if not ahead of them. <laughs> right, right. Imagine if they were in the playoff last year as one of those 12 teams and they beat someone. That would be a humongous, to me, that would be a, a big, a humongous upset. Because oh my there, there would be no, the only excuse, yeah, the only excuse would be, well, I don't think there really is an excuse, let's say if they played, um, let, let's say there were 12 and they played Alabama or somebody and they beat them. I mean, there would right. be no excuse for Alabama. If Alabama had an injury, you know, you're this far along in the season, all your freshmen are, have now experience, your redshirted players have experience, um, you've, you've uh, managed to figure out all the uh, uh, kinks in your offense, your defense, your special teams. There's no excuse at that point. And plus you have all the players on your team. There's not one of them on Coastal Carolina that you even probably considered for your roster. So to me, it would be it would be bigger than a sixteen versus a one in college basketball. To me, oh, totally, totally, and uh, yeah, like I think when University of Maryland, uh, their satellite campus beat Virginia, the first ever sixteen beating one. It would be of that level, and yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm not in favor of the twelve. I thought that was too big of a leap from four to twelve. Uh, I was thinking right. eight, but just a few more teams mm-hmm. allowed in. Right. To be beyond the four to you, you know just make it right. a little more interesting uh, give you know teams outside the trad- what has become almost now an annual top five uh, yes. you know some hope something to play for even if it would be a six and that way you'd at least have one opening beyond what is now we talk about the power five meaning five conferences but it's now like the power five is also the top five uh, in preseason polls every year. <laughs> um, right. But AP, it's hard to believe we've already run through the first segment together. Why don't we take our break? Still a lot more to get to on the other side. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866 472-5788 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert A.P. Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well and A.P. we talked uh, the A.P. Associated Press releasing their preseason college football poll Alabama number one no surprise there followed by Oklahoma Clemson Ohio State and Georgia and, you know, I can't help but look at this and think about the story that uh, came to light last week. Reports, I should say, that the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 are actively in discussions to form a scheduling alliance. Uh, it would really be scheduling uh, their best matchups from between the three conferences if this happens uh, to... Clearly, you know, combat the uh, growing specter of the SEC with the addition of uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma. And interesting news, to say the least. It's not official yet, but reports have been surfacing for the last few days. Uh, What are your thoughts, AP? Pretty intriguing. Yeah, I wonder what the ramifications would be because Alabama has scheduled so many uh, top teams in the next 12, 14 years, would that affect their scheduling? You know, they're supposed to play, of course, Texas next year and Oklahoma down the road, Ohio State. They have Notre Dame on the schedule, uh, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech, or West Virginia. West Virginia. Um, some of these, Georgia Tech, Boston College. Um, they have all these different teams on their schedule, non-conference schedule. Would they lock each other out? Is, is that, would that be their intent? to make it difficult for the SEC to schedule any of those conferences. 
Because if you have those, those three together, how many of those teams can you play in one year? Are they willing to play two, you know, let's say minimum of two per season non-conference? Right, right. No, it's fascinating news. There is no question about it. Uh, it's not surprising. It's almost like, you know, they had to do something, um, you know, noticeably absent from that group, the group being the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, uh, potentially forming an alliance uh, to clearly, you know, uh, be able to somehow combat or lessen the dominance of the SEC. And I do mean dominance. Um, but clearly missing from there is obviously the Big 12. Uh, I guess I should say what we what was formerly known as the Big 12, they seem to be just sort of uh, in nowhere land, so to speak, right now. Um, you know, they're not part of the SEC, obviously. They're their own conference. They are a power five at this point, uh, at this moment. And then there's the other three that I just mentioned, Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12. Uh, so you just have to really wonder about the future of, you know, the Big 12, genuinely. Like, I, I see this, and I think, well, that's four of the five. <laughs> and without the Big 12, who is now without Texas and Oklahoma. But that apparently is not going to start till 2025, but uh, I don't believe that for a second. I think it will happen a lot quicker than that. Yeah, yeah, I think so, John. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the remaining Big 12 members, John, I – They'll come up with some plan. I don't know if it's going to be in their favor. That, that's the only problem. I mean, they're going to have to do something with those remaining teams. You know, Ames, Ames Iowa, Lubbock, Texas, Waco, Texas, uh, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, one of the other teams. Um, I, I don't know if I forgot somebody from that list. Yeah, we're talking uh, some good teams here. You know, we're talking Iowa State, who you mentioned yeah. earlier, as being a top 10 team, I believe. And... You know, TCU has certainly right. uh, been a quality team for sure in recent years. And yeah. uh, other moments, yes. No doubt about it. Baylor, Baylor. not mistaken. Yeah, Baylor, of right. course. And uh, yeah, ba- on and on. No, there's, you, you know, Kansas, Kansas State, if I'm, if I'm correct. Right, those are the two I forgot. Yeah, Manhattan and Lawrence, those are the two I forgot, I believe. Yeah, so there. What stands out about that list, John, there's not one that's in a very large market. But what they have to try to sell to people, and only they know their numbers, will people stream those teams? Because it's moving towards away from the TV, away from the cables system to streaming. So do you have a, a your, is your brand strong? Like Oklahoma's coming to the SEC. They're not a big television market, but they have quite a brand. Correct. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Um, legendary right. program, to put it mildly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're top a blue five blood. of all they're time. Yeah, top yeah. five of all time, without a doubt. Going back to the yeah, Bud Wilkins Yeah, Trophy days. winners. Yeah. Yeah, they've had the winning teams. They won the conference. They won national championships. They've had the Heisman Trophy winners, the All-Americans, the, the coaching, the, the head coach uh, with a big name. So, yeah, Oklahoma is, is a – I think Oklahoma is probably quite similar um, to some degree to a school like 
Penn State, I would think, because you know, you know, but Pennsylvania is a much larger market, though. I, I guess that's what, that's what that's a difference there. I'm trying to think of another team like Oklahoma, blue blood, but in a small TV market, relatively. That's a good point. It really is. Um, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma City's, I believe, the biggest city out there, Tulsa, but nothing like you, right. you know some of the big cities in the Northeast or whatever. No, um, no, no. In Pennsylvania, you have the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, and, and bingo. It's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty popular state, Pennsylvania. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, fascinating stuff in the world of college football these days, and it's sure to get even more fascinating with the start of the season where, you know, there's just going to be that much more airtime live during games to discuss it, you know, as these teams are literally on TV. And it's we haven't heard the end of this topic. That's for darn sure, AP. Uh, no. But AP, why don't, we, uh, why don't we plan to take our final break here and still a lot more to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show to show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your health care needs and reputable health care experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for classical guitar around the world. Host Kevin Collins is a renowned guitar performer and enthusiast who shares his love, knowledge, and reverence of classical guitar, along with his friends, many of the world's leading guitar performers and composers. Become a part of the history and take a look inside one of our world's greatest musical instruments. From medieval times to now and into the future, join the American Segovia for classical guitar around the world. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Worst America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is this Thursday night's New England Patriots at Philadelphia Eagles preseason game. And AP, this is right in your wheelhouse because we have Mac Jones, who I referenced in the opening segment as being uh, uh, practically beloved already in New England <laughs> after a couple of series in the preseason game. But he'll be squaring off against Jalen Hurts. And in fact, the two teams, as we speak, are having a joint practice in Philadelphia and will the rest of the week leading up to the game. So AP, you got to be loving this. Mac Jones versus you know, John, Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's tremendous. John, there was a, a dry spell there for Alabama quarterbacks, and we might have three starting quarterbacks in the NFL from Alabama that were on this, the same team together. That's, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, and Tua. Alabama. Right, that, that's historical from Alabama's perspective. Um, the three of them were on the same team. I remember way back when, uh, let's say, Joe Namath was a, a senior. Kenny Stable was a freshman. Freshman couldn't play. So that's, right. that's quite interesting that the two Hall of, Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterbacks are on the same Alabama team that, uh, together. But these are three quarterbacks who I think will be starters at some point during the season, all three. Right. It is amazing. And before I forget, I actually happened to catch uh, some of the Tua game. Um, I believe Saturday was Miami at Chicago, and I was curious to see Mac Jones take the field. It's fun to watch these guys take the field for the first time, even in a preseason game. It just is. Um, Mac Jones included, but, you know, uh, I I watched Trevor Lawrence on Saturday night. But anyway, I tuned in to watch, uh, you know, Justin Fields to see how he looked. And, uh, and Tua, of course, was the Miami quarterback. And I thought he looked real good, too. Yeah, I really did. He, he just seemed, as you would expect, more in control. As you know, He's the guy. There's no more Ryan Fitzpatrick coming off the bench or any of that stuff at all. It's Tua's team. And they're all in, and that's that. So he looked good. Yeah, I would think those three quarterbacks, John, would make improvement to, to varying degrees. They're... They like right. to study the film. They like their students of the game. Um, I think, you know, I think Mac has the most potential uh, long term. Although wow. all three, I, I think, could could be ten year players. I think in that league, Tua and Jalen, and sure. also uh, Matt Jones. So, you know, we shall see. But 
John, I'm not sure if there's another school right now, and you could correct me, is there another school that might have three starting quarterbacks in the league at the same time this year? Uh, I would be shocked if there is, and uh, certainly none come to mind. That, that That's a, an incredible uh, statement, and, you know, just tremendous for Alabama. It just is, um, you, right. you know, to, to say the least. Reaches, uh, yeah, reaches into the next level. Nick Saban dominating again. Yes, and it, it kind of goes next level of, you know, the pervasive thought for every kid between the age of 12 and 18 playing football who basically says, you know, if I go to Alabama, I'm going to get drafted. It's my best chance to get drafted by the NFL. And boy, if you can throw that out there as, you know, with the position of quarterback, then you're really, really talking uh, next level stuff here because that's the premier position, obviously. And, uh, and you you know, what else can you say? But no, it's great AP. And I have to say that, you know, the Cam Newton, Mac Jones talk is nonstop up here in New England, nonstop. And right now it's just, I don't know, 80 to 90% in favor of make Mac Jones a starter immediately, if not sooner. Uh, it just is. Um, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of the show here. I want to thank you for calling in and giving us your expertise. Uh, just good stuff as always. Hey, thank you so much, Sean. It was my pleasure. Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.